Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and an occasional online sex worker of sorts. I don't know. I always feel weird claiming that label. Like, I I usually just say I've done sex work in some forms, but I'm not a sex worker because I'm like, I don't know, whatever. Sorry. I'm just having a nervous a nervous That's breakdown a at the top of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I feel similarly. I think for me, the distinction is that I've never really survived on it or had like a substantial portion of my income rely on it. Right. I've made money doing it, so I tend to just be like I. And I'm occasionally known to be naked on the internet. I've also been yelling a lot this week, which is why <laughs> I sound like this. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds it sounds great. You're yelling it's for fine. a good cause. Yeah, so it's we, fine. Can, we can deal with it for sure. Um, our very special guest today uh, is an online sex worker. Uh, she is also a friend of the show. Her name is Gwen Adora. Hi, Gwen. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you two? Pretty good. I'm We're good. excited to have you back. I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I I'm an online sex worker. Um, I primarily make my own porn, um, which is usually like, like kind of like videos that you see on Pornhub, um, longer form role play videos is what I'm best, what I best produce, I guess. Um, (laughs) yeah, uh, (laughs) thank you. Um, I also do like only fans and like, so like subscription based, like, um, nudes and whatnot. Um, but basically I've kind of like dabbled in almost every form of online sex work um so yeah that's me i guess former former ish sex blogger (laughs) yeah yeah one thing i really love about your your like role play style videos is like i appreciate them both as a porn consumer and as like an improv nerd because like and i'm sure that like you're not improv and i know that you like prepare for your for your clips but it's like there's something about it that's so exciting as like someone who's nerdy about storytelling and acting yes. and like characterization like you just go really deep on them in a way that I really admire and I think is just like so engrossing <laughs> oh thank you no that makes me blush because yeah the majority of my videos are improvised like oh, I wow. yeah like all like in terms of script um and things to say like there's definitely times where like customers like if it's a custom video will be like oh say the specific line mm-hmm. or like there's somewhere they're like follow this exact script which I find like a little bit more tedious to do because I'm con- <laughs> I'm not good at memorizing things so I'm consistently like looking at my like laptop to see what I'm trying to say in like a sexy way mm-hmm. um, but yeah the majority of my videos are um, like I come up with a a general like three-part structure that's kind of like how I literally how I film is I film like three different scenes um like that create the whole story arc and it's obviously mm-hmm. like the beginning and like the i don't know what's it called like the lead up and then the climax or whatever so that's literally mm-hmm. like how i film my porn is doing that and it's a once i come up with a structure it's all improv from there so i appreciate that that makes me feel very happy <laughs> <laughs> that so makes amazing. a lot of sense to me as like a filming structure because i find in my own play, like, when I'm planning very scripted scenes, I have, like, considered, like, oh, is there, like, certain phrases that I want to make sure I say, or, like, are there parts that I want to plan? But I find when I'm dirty talking, like, in scenes and playing with people, 
mostly it just kind of comes out of my face and I learn what I'm going to say at the same time as they learn what I'm saying. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know I felt that way, but okay. So I can see how it can be really a lot easier probably to just kind of get into that headspace and go. Oh, for sure. There's times where I've like looked back and I'm like, wow, that's, I was like, I can't believe I like said such a hot line. Like just like, or like, where, where am I getting this weird shit? Like I especially like in my impregnation videos, um, which is like a niche of mine. Um, like I say some stuff that I'm like, wow, like I can't even like believe that I say, I'm like, oh yeah, like fuck my uterus or whatever. Like then that's like the, that's like the basic stuff. So like, uh, but I, I look back, I'm like, what am I, 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 I have to laugh at my videos sometimes just from like a per- when I'm editing them because I'm like this sounds so ridiculous just <laughs> someone who's not wa- watching this turned on or like <laughs> that's yeah that's it's- so real that like you your threshold for what seems weird or out there is like so different when you're turned on and like I feel like this is why erotic like writing can be so cringy to some people like to the point that like people make fun of it which like I don't think is strictly fair because they're not writing for the audience that is just sort of coolly reading it and making fun of it they're writing for a turned on audience hopefully it's a different vibe you're right you're completely right (laughs) yeah it's gotta also be really cool to like create stuff that you look at sometimes and you're like I guess this is hot and then you put it out into the world and have a million people be like god that's so hot like I love it and like have people spend money on it and everything like that's got to be cool and affirming and also just like a really interesting point of view on sexuality at large you know oh it's wonderful because like there's there's times where like there's this one video um I guess over two videos it was kind of like a small anthology and I definitely want to expand on it um but I did a I did a video where um I use a slinky like you know like those old school like slinky toys yes. um where oh I use I <laughs> I used it as like a prop to like uh to like use as a blowjob prop in <laughs> like this fake blowjob scene that I was doing and I, I called it like I don't know like your stepsister's kinky slinky or something like that. <laughs> and uh, it was like me like aggressively using the slinky while I was like sucking this dildo. The sound effects. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it was like slapping this. <laughs> so it was kind of like a little bit of like rough play too. But, um, <laughs> so like I, I put that out and I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing. But like people like like it. So <laughs> they're like, oh yeah. They're like, that's kind of fun. And um, I did a second video where I... Um, you know those like water snakes? Yes. That's what they're mm-hmm. called. Yes, yeah. Or whatever, those little jiggly tubes that like basically when you were a kid that like you definitely thought was like a masturbatory toy in some yeah. kind of way. Like the, the, those little things filled with like goo and like a little animal or something like that. Those tubes. Yeah, I um again, like I, I got my ideas when I go to Dollarama, that's really where it is. Um uh, I <laughs> I definitely knew I wanted to do jerk off instruction video with that. So um I did like a small penis humiliation and um oh jerk off instruction video with it where I was like, oh my god, like I was like again like the sister or whatever and I was like, oh my god, like you were you were jerking off with my toy. Oh my god. And then I like use it as like a humiliation thing. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad that my fans are like they see the weirdness in me um and they enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we wanted to have you on to talk about, like, 
uh, sex work in the time of COVID because last week we had on Andre Shakti who was primarily an offline sex worker before all this started and then she had to shift her business model online like starting a virtual mm-hmm. strip club um, and sex uh, like seminar type things on Facebook um, but you're kind of like the opposite side of the spectrum in that like you have been online the entire time so we yeah. wanted to, to chat with you about that so can you tell us a little bit about like what was your work week like, like an average work week before COVID hit? So I would say average work week. Uh, I'm a very disorganized person when it comes <laughs> to working, which like sucks as a self-employed person. But I think like I've, I've recently like came upon the realization that I probably have like ADD. <laughs> um, so uh, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Please. <laughs> because I'm like I'm like every time I see like an like a meme or whatever that's like by like that like ADHD alien or whatever I'm like uh-huh. yeah I'm like that's like literally all me it all makes sense this is like what <laughs> like it makes so much sense um so like prime beforehand I all I'm all over the place with like the way I like make content and the way um I do things and I know there's like other I know like my friends who are sex workers who are like or who do porn online um they have like really good like regimens of like I'm getting up at this time to cam and then I'm doing this from this time to this time that's not me (laughs) I am definitely not that way I wake up um like before the pandemic uh wake up like I was just like whenever I wanted to and just to did what did whatever was like most urgent to do the day and then usually like I film at night um because I live with housemates. So it's just like, and I'm a night owl anyway. So I usually like, um, during the day do admin stuff and then at night do like filming, mm-hmm. um, and like content creation. Um, so, and yeah, beforehand it was kind of like my average work week was all over the place. <laughs> um, and o- oddly enough though, the pandemic has kind of like, um, like forced me a little bit to have more schedule for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I and I think that's like that might just be a personal me thing in terms of mindset. Um, just because it seems like everybody else like in the world, their situations have shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it maybe in my mind it was like, oh, this is a good start to start like new habits um, to like wake up a little bit earlier um, and to kind of like shift the way I do things. So mm-hmm. I've been kind of um, be- not better at scheduling necessarily but definitely like in terms of like when I work has shifted a bit and um, my productivity has increased like a ton oh interesting post post I totally feel that because Mm -hmm. I had as someone who has a sex related mostly work from home job in the past right uh we had an office that we went into but if I needed to I was able to be flexible about when and how I worked Um, I didn't expect to notice a ton of a change, but in the past couple of weeks, I've noticed because, like, my world has kind of gotten so small and, like, my opportunities for things have have been limited, I'm able to schedule the things that need to get done around the timing that works best for, like, my body and my brain. Mm -hmm. So I have, like a chunk of productivity on work-related stuff in the morning, and then I have a lunch break where I do productivity on personal things, and then I do another chunk of work-related things, and then I do, like, a workout task-switching thing, and then dinner, and then I, like, get ready for bed. And, like, I'm able to notice, oh, I can do maybe three hours on a thing, but I will get bored, Um, (laughs) and I need to move from sitting down projects to standing up projects, or... um, you know, from things that focus me to 
like, things that require focus on, like, forming words and writing things versus things that allow me to listen to a podcast while I clean a bunch of stuff. Like, um, and, and it's been interesting to notice what I tend towards with much less outside influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I relate to that. Especially, like, because, like, I can't go out to social things anymore either, so I'm, like, like, (laughs) so I'm, like, okay, like, which is usually, like, that's kind of, like, that was, because I'm self-employed, and I'm sure you you two both get this, um, it's, like, I almost never stop working, generally, even before, even before before the pandemic, it's really hard for me to stop working, so, um, like, my, my way of, um, like, taking a break from work was to go out, like, with my friends and, like, go to restaurants, go out mm-hmm. drinking, whatever. Like, that mm-hmm. was, like, my thing. It was not to say it was, like, live for the weekend mentality because l- luckily, luckily my friends are self-employed too. So, like, usually, like, we, we go out during the week or whatever, whatever we want, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. nice. Or we used to. Um, but now that, obviously, the pandemic's here, I'm like, okay, like, I can't, like, look forward to things or I can't, like, put things off just to go out and give my ex- give myself an excuse to like stop working which like I think there's like there's a good in that but also like putting things off obviously isn't a good idea so like now I am like more focused in terms of work and like I felt like yeah my productivity and the way like I run my sites and the way I schedule things now is like a lot more streamlined um, especially mm-hmm. with like my OnlyFans creation, because before like OnlyFans is like a subscription site for those who don't know out there. Um, basically, kind of like a Patreon, but a lot more sex worker friendly. Um, well, for online sex workers at least. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, like, but you and you can schedule out posts and whatnot. So for me, a lot of the times with like sites like that, like and comparatively to like porn sites where you like upload a video, you you can schedule it for like a day of the week to go out. And then it like it go it goes out and you like promote it. It's done. But for OnlyFans, like you, there's uh, like so many different ways that you could be utilizing it, and to come up with mm-hmm. like your own personal schedule that works for you in terms of what content you're putting out on what days, how much content you're putting out, what types of content you're putting out, um, like pay per view messages as well. Um, and then now like um, having a free OnlyFans is like a thing. Um, which, like, people use to, like, you know, get their Twitter followers over there so that you can send out, like, pay-per-view messages directly to people and still make mm-hmm. money off of that way and, like, direct those people to your paid OnlyFans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, so much, like, strategies you can implement in terms of, like, scheduling things. Um, so I feel like I've kind of, like, before, like, when I, I joined OnlyFans, like, a year ago, and I was doing, like, I had, like, a, a schedule where, like, I think I would do, like, um, audio clips on Monday. It was, like, Titty Tuesday, obviously. (laughs) Um, Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Obviously. Uh, On Wednesdays, I would do a full full video. And, like, each day had a dedicated, like, thing to it. But I was like, mm-hmm. I realized like that's not fucking working because like I just can't, I can't like, I can't think of like, I don't like the kind of like rigidity of being like I have to put like a certain audio clip up for this day. That's just kind of not working. Um, but I find like in the last mm-hmm. couple weeks, um, like maybe the last month, I guess, last month and a bit, I've like really like had like okay, I know I'm making the content the week beforehand. I'm scheduling it out on Sunday. Like, you know, like, it's like, now I have that, which I did not have before, which so I'm like very, like, I use this op- as an opportunity to like fix myself, I guess. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah, I think it's really great to, 
I, I've seen a lot of folks kind of, and I personally have as well, used this as a time to kind of build systems that support us later on when we go back to our much busier lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is really hard. I like really resonated with what you said about all time kind of being available for work time now. Yeah. Um, and I've had to be really deliberate about scheduling like, not working time and (laughs) logging off, you know, clocking out and leaving work, even if that just means closing my laptop or literally just like switching to another window in my laptop. I'm like, no, work lives in that other window. (laughs) I'm on my free time now. (laughs) No one owns me. Um, I'm going to watch a Marvel movie. Uh, But I'm I'm really curious if... Uh, I know that you've noticed a lot of trends in how you're working right now. I'm curious if you've noticed any trends in uh, your customers, in the things they're coming to you for, or the kinds of things they're, like, buying or saying. Um, any trends in their, like, sexualities or anything you found interesting right now? Um, well, in the first couple weeks, I didn't really notice too much. Obviously, like, there was, like, the huge, like, everyone popping off with uh, pandemic porn. <laughs> um, that was, like, a huge thing was everyone obviously, like, being like, oh, this is trending on Pornhub. Let's make the videos. Because um, topical things sell. Um, <laughs> but in terms of customers, I haven't seen any fetishes like that, like, as abnormal, uh, in my opinion. I, but mm. I have noticed, and I know other people have too, um, that, like, customers are being a bit more, like, persnickety. <laughs> uh, uh, now, um, because I think, and it's because, like, obviously people have a lot of time on their hands, um, literally mm. on their hands, uh, in their hands. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, th- and I think, because of that like in terms of people like ordering custom videos or like wanting to do like skype calls or whatever um a lot of people are wanting things like quicker and faster and i think that's because they don't have their normal life distractions like work and like going out (laughs) with friends Uh, i think they they, Mm -hmm. because they don't have those anymore it's like time is moving in such a different way than it was moving before so i think people are like oh i feel like i've been waiting like a thousand years for this custom video but realistically it's only been like a week <laughs> and you're like okay <laughs> yeah like so do like you, i've been ha- oh, yeah go for it i was just gonna do you feel like some of this is also that you're seeing a lot of new customers who kind of haven't been trained by sex workers on how to not be dicks to sex workers <laughs> oh yeah i feel probably. like that's a skill y'all have to teach <laughs> oh it definitely is it definitely is yeah oh yeah especially like over the past like um yeah over the past like like couple weeks i've been doing like a half off sale on my only fans and usually like i like everyone has a different strategy in terms of how they do like they're like they're um their discounts and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But usually, like, I've got mine 30% off, um, and I charge, like, $10. It's usually – it's $10 for, like, a base month. That's, like – but usually, like, I have it on for 30% off, so it's, like, six fifty or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been doing, like, a half-off sale, so um, that's, like, $5 a month. So, obviously, more people coming in, but is it, like, mm-hmm. quality people coming in? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, like, in, like with OnlyFans specifically, it's interesting because you can see, like – up with the they've got a percentage on like the creators accounts of like what percentage you're in of like money makers on the site Mm -hmm. so it's like oh you're in the top like two percent of creators and it says it very specifically because like um there's so many people with creator accounts that like probably like the first 
like the or the later fifty percent, the fifty to a hundred percent, those are debt like usually debt accounts. So like as mm-hmm. soon as you make like a hundred dollars, you're in the top fifty percent. So mm-hmm. as as you get higher and higher in the percentages, so like say like they do points. So like I'm at like one point six percent of the top creators right now, which like mm-hmm. doesn't make really like any sense, but it does um, allow you to kind of like see how much like your earnings are. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, like I've seen like uh, people who have like in terms of like fan count, which is like number of fans that you have um, or number of paying subscribers versus like the percentage. There's time like there's times I've had um, a higher percentage before when I've had less fans and it, mm-hmm. it fluctuates. Right. So just not mm-hmm. just because like there's more people on my site doesn't mean I'm getting paid more necessarily. Mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting about like the customers kind of being shittier because I've been hearing the same thing from like some of the like escorts and pro doms who I follow on Twitter, like that they're mm-hmm. getting, especially like a few weeks ago when we were like deep in lockdown, they were getting messages mm-hmm. from customers like wanting to meet up with them immediately in like a really pushy way that's almost like they're trying to do this power play of like, I want to mm-hmm. make you do this in-person appointment, even though I know that you're like not wanting to do that right now. And mm-hmm. it's just super weird, like, the, the power dynamics involved there because, like, you know, a lot of those people are suffering financially at this time and, like, they might not feel able to, like, say no to that, like Andre was telling us last week. And, like, mm-hmm. it's it's really fucked. Just be nice to sex workers, everybody. Just be really nice to sex workers. They're doing hard stuff. I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> Brief diversion mm-hmm. um, from the questions we had, but in, like, tweet length. Gwen, do you have suggestions for, like, being nice to sex workers, how to just not be a dick in your encounters with (laughs) sex workers? Stupid Um, things that you see people doing all of the time. uh, In terms of, like, if you're someone who's already, like, actively paying a sex worker, like, if you're on someone's OnlyFans account, um, Mm -hmm. realize, like, how much you're paying... um, and then how much time you're demanding for that from that person for that cost and inc- mm-hmm. including like the amount of content that they're putting out because i message back like i reply to all of my fans on OnlyFans, um mm-hmm. but like a lot of people demand like longer conversations so um and it's it's hard for, with that because like obviously i want to reply to everybody but my time is very valuable um mm-hmm. so i literally can't like have a full like conversation with some people sometimes especially if it's just like hi how are you doing over and over and over again (laughs) um so like yeah realize realize how much you're paying um and like i i would just suggest like always always tip if you like really want to get someone's attention Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get like your treatise on moral philosophy for 350 a month is that is that what you're saying (laughs) yeah yeah exactly Having deep yeah. late night conversations about your about your thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. I want to go back to what you were saying a little while ago about like pandemic related content because mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of debate about not only people who are making porn about the pandemic but also people who are like doing comedy about it or like making other you know not totally serious uh informational content about it that it might be you know uh, making light of the situation or something like that and like i i don't know what you think about this but like i kind of disagree with that sentiment like obviously like i wouldn't send a link to like a pandemic related porn clip to someone who had just like lost someone to covid or (laughs) like was sick with it like that's insensitive 
obviously, mm-hmm. but it's like at the same time, we're all going through this huge trauma and like there is lots mm-hmm. of different ways of coping with that. And like, to me, this is a valid one, but I'm curious about your thoughts on like pandemic related porn. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think like, um, like oftentimes like porn and like other forms of like, like in, in a, in a way porn is an art. Um, <laughs> it's not, not always the highest art, but it's an art. Um, <laughs> and like, so like that, so like, the, like there's a certain, um, there's a certain value to that. And like, like it really reflects like porn and like, like art and, um, comedy and all like those things, those all reflect the th- times that we're going through. Mm-hmm. And like, like when we're like in the future, we're going to look back and be like, this is like, <laughs> like an artifact yeah. of 2020 is the pandemic related porn, which, <laughs> and it, it also is like, I don't know, like, I think it's, it's not doing more harm than it is doing good. Mm-hmm. I think it's pr- a pretty neutral thing. Yeah. I think it's pretty neutral. Yeah. yeah I, I've also seen a lot of folks use the pandemic as an opportunity to get really, really creative with the kind of porn they're making, Mm -hmm. Um, filming like Skype dates or like having Zoom based role plays. Like I think I saw something on many vids recently about like, you know, oh, I thought I turned my Zoom camera off, but my (laughs) teacher caught me. Yeah. um, (laughs) And seeing like all kinds of really cute. Uh, opportunities to, like you were saying, speak to what we're experiencing right now. And I know for myself in all of my media, including my porn, there are certainly some nights where I'm looking for escapist stuff. And a lot of times that's stuff that was made before the pandemic uh, or like (laughs) sci-fi randomness. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are other times where like even the most escapist content is not going to get the pandemic out of my head so I guess I'm gonna go down this weird fetishizing route because (laughs) I deserve an orgasm right now and if I can't stop thinking about it I'm gonna fucking make it hot like yeah I need need a moment of joy in this day Jesus Christ (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly and it's like hey like if people are looking that up if that's your thing that's your thing like I'm personally not jerking off to pandemic porn but like I think there's a certain even if just ex- it existing as like not e- not even just like yeah a masturbatory like piece or like a sexualized yeah. piece but just like to look at it and be like wow that's something <laughs> yeah <laughs> like again like art imitates life and porn is considered art in my opinion so yeah yeah it's it's there um, like I like even for me like I made I made um, an impregnation in quarantine porn mm-hmm. so it's like of course you gotta capitalize. In my opinion, as like someone who hustles, you gotta capitalize on like the the search terms and like the kind of virality of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of that is how like people you know go viral in terms of like sex work, like online things. Um, mm-hmm. So search terms are important to us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, going and viral inter- with the help of the virus. Yeah. Yes. Wow, <laughs> At the end of the day, you still live in capitalism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in terms of what you were saying about creativity, Bex, like I've been, mm-hmm. um, be, obviously because there, like there's a lot of, um, like I'm a fairly like self-sufficient, um, porn performer. Like I know there's other people who have like, you know, teams or whatever, like there's like mm-hmm. independent porn stars who have 
like teams of people that they hire like who've got like really high quality stuff who like are always hiring photographers for whatever like um there's like it's really interesting how like different the industry is in terms of like where self-employed um, people can be in terms of like what kind of content they're producing and like the um like the quality i guess of it mm-hmm. um so like i'm lucky to be self-sufficient because obviously like without like with the pandemic people are like not being able to hire as like many out outsourcing roles mm-hmm. right um right so i personally like i've been getting more creative in ter- like with self-shooting like i bought like a, a, a really nice camera for myself um in january but like i really just like put off like try like using it and like just because like mm-hmm. it's so easy to film on my phone um so i was like oh i'm gonna take the opportunity to do like more self-shoots with my camera um, in quarantine just because like I have the time now <laughs> to like <laughs> to be able to to be able to like put effort into you know making like higher quality content so like I've been like um like I've been sh- self-shooting more in terms of like pictures for only fans and just like shoots that will go on social media um like I did this like really fun shoot in my living room um where like I took like I've got this like really nice mirror and um like I was in this like very like ethereal like cloud like outfit and I put like these like, oh, little, I saw little clouds down yeah, yeah, and I got I hired like a photographer friend of mine who I've worked with before who's like really really good at like um color editing and like makes things like mm. really neon and pop. Victor who is like so amazing. Um and they did a really good job and like uh, like editing it and they made it like cuz I, I didn't want like there was like a background in it that I didn't want there but there's like no way to go around it in terms of taking the picture. So I was like, "Oh, let's mm. get Victor to edit this." And like <laughs> they turned out like really really beautiful and I was like wow, this is, like, really nice, like, that I shot this, like, I, like, that, like, me, myself shot this, yeah, I was, so I was, like, wow, that's, that's kind of fun, um, because, like, normally I'd be, like, out hiring photographers, obviously, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Yeah. do you have any, um, suggestions for, like, people who maybe are, like, the, the porn stars that you were just mentioning, who, like, usually have a team, in terms of, like, if they want to now transition to being self-sufficient like you, like, I assume, like, probably a tripod and, like, some lighting, um, but, like, is there anything else that's, like, important to have? I'm gonna say the people who can hire teams that will already have that stuff. Mm. I'm just gonna Mm. say that. Like, the the people who have been hiring teams, like, they have the money they have. Like, I know people who have, like, full studios in their houses of, Mm. like, all this stuff, and, like, to be honest, like, I've noticed no shade to anybody, but there's definitely been people who still hire their, their teams to, um, <laughs> to come into their houses. Um, but like, I, like, I don't even have any advice cause like the majority of the, uh, the people that I know in terms of like sex workers who usually like outsource their stuff, they've either mm-hmm. like a lot of people have been like sex workers are some of like the most creative people that I know. Yeah. And like, I've seen, I've seen like a couple like mainstream porn stars who like aren't obviously aren't doing mainstream porn right now. Um, mm-hmm. who are like doing these amazing self shoots in their houses, which, and you could tell they're self shot, but like, like they're they're still like really really good quality i'm like wow that's super Mm -hmm. cool because you usually like obviously depend on a gigantic studio to like do your porn in um but it's cool to see like them transitioning i guess like not downward but like in a different direction um with Mm -hmm. the way they produce stuff so i don't have any Mm -hmm. advice because like i like honestly like sex workers know what the fuck's up that's (laughs) (laughs) yeah true um, I wanted to ask you about something I know that you have a lot of feelings about, which is about the kind of like influx right now of people either joking that they're going to get an OnlyFans, OnlyFans account or like actually doing it uh, because of all the um, 
like economic uncertainty that uh, that's happening due to COVID or in some cases just because like people have more time on their hands. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to talk to you about Caroline Calloway for a sec, if you don't, oh, if you don't mind. Oh my God. I'm going to ask in my mind. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know who Caroline Calloway is, um, she's like a, She's an influencer. She's like a blonde white girl. I'm normally like not really she's one to get. She's a scam influencer. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's been yes. known to like scam people in the past. I'm not normally one to get on board with like bandwagons of just hating on women just to hate on them. But like, I think that um, particularly in recent times, like she said some kind of inflammatory things about sex workers where she's like, she she made an OnlyFans and she had previously not been doing uh sexy media really and and she was just kind of saying or implying or that like previously stuff on OnlyFans and similar websites was like not of any like intellectual value was like not literary or not in, like smart uh and that she was gonna bring that flavor to her OnlyFans and I know that there was a big outcry about that what what are your thoughts okay well I Caroline Calloway is a very specific instance and in, comparatively to the other people who are jumping on um, OnlyFans right now um, because I specifically like I like I like I'm not going to be neutral on it like I think sh- her entire branding is to jump on other people's trends and to take from them and to scam people that's like like <laughs> I like and that's just, that's just what she does like if you look at anything that she's ever produced it's all of her stuff is just going to like and capitalizing off of trends and then ditching her the fans that pay for things Mm. so uh she's a yeah she's a specific instance and she likes she likes to cause controversy so anything that she says is so that more people can be mad at her Mm -hmm. like she's definitely didn't say that i well she might have been earnest about it but like she said it mainly to cause a reaction Mm -hmm. rather than to like put her like true opinion out there i guess Whoever knows which if it's her real opinion or not. Yeah, but. hard to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, like anyone who's jumping on OnlyFans right now, like you, like obviously, like people are doing different things on the platform, and she doesn't have every access to everybody's accounts to be able to see what they're putting out there in terms mm-hmm. of literary cosplay or whatever the fuck she was was wanting to do. <laughs> but like, I was like, a lot of people were like, uh, okay, like this is what I like am posting. Clearly, like you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like it's obvious that she really looks down on um, like on sex workers because even when she was like called out for that post, um, she doubled down and was like, well, I'm the only, um, like, I'm the only Cambridge graduate from, like, that's on OnlyFans right now. So it's like, obviously, yeah, so it's like, obviously, she's, she has this idea of, like, what porn is and, like, what OnlyFans is and who's um, in that space in terms of, she she thinks that it's people without, like, university or college educations, which Mm -hmm. says a lot about her opinions about sex workers. Um, but again, she's do, like the majority of her entire life is causing controversy. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it brings to mind like discussions of the hierarchy, uh, which I'm thinking about because Tina Horn just posted a really, really great old lecture recording of hers that was about the hierarchy on the, the feed for her podcast. Why are people into that? And um, it's the concept, for those who don't know, of there being, like, sort of a a hierarchy of sex workers where, like, on one end uh, are the sex workers who are considered relatively respectable and on the other end are the ones who are considered, like, trashier. 
Um, mm-hmm. Big air quotes around that word because that's a very coded word. But like, um, especially with all the talk going on now about like racism, uh, structurally, systemically, like the hierarchy is a hugely racist thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because like a lot of the forms of sex work that we think of as a culture as being quote unquote trashier are like ones that are more historically associated with black women in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tend to be, you know, more, more like in person, like full service escorting and that kind of thing. Whereas like online sex work, um, especially the kind of like less explicit types is like seen as more like respectable or more kind of like coy or um, something that good girls can do. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking about that a lot now that I'm seeing all these people, like especially like kind of privileged seeming white girls saying I'm going to hop on OnlyFans and like they, they might well have an economic need to do that. Um, and, and like, oh. I'm not going to, well, it depends on the person. Like I, d- I just don't really fully believe that you can have a true sense of someone's economic situation from social media for, for everybody. But, um, Oh, agreed. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that I I think the hierarchy is also deeply rooted in class, and not to say that class and race are separate, but I think that is also, like, there is something to be said for the fact that I think, uh, what the fuck's her name? Calloway something or other? Caroline. Caroline Caroline Calloway, thank you. Wasn't Caroline Calloway's, um... Only fans at like thirty or fifty bucks or something like bonkers yeah. too, which yeah. again, it, like I feel like is supposed to lace like convey some sort of like oh. layer of credence or whatever. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you, Kate. I just oh no, <laughs> no I know I agree with you, and I think like um, I remember there was like a journalist who I used to follow who then became uh, an escort. And mm-hmm. I saw that she was, like, advertising herself in this way that was very stylized as, like, a high-class escort. And my first reaction was, like, oh, like, I'm glad that she's, she's like, not underselling herself or whatever. And then I thought about it. I was, like, that's, that's like, a really shitty, like, racist, classist, et cetera, like, division between, like, what we think of as high-class escorts and, like, um, all the mean names that people call what they would consider to be low-class escorts. Um, I didn't really have a question. Just wanted to yell about the hierarchy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. And in terms of like that, that's a really good point, Bex. And like that, her jumping on and charging such a high price, um, which obviously like charge whatever you think, whatever like your content is worth. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in terms of yeah, it's like it's saying to a lot of people that well, my content is worth like so much more than yours. Which realistically, it's probably just more of a bad business move on her part because less people are going to subscribe to it. Um, in fact, like I, the majority of like the highest earners that I like, like friends of mine who are like high, high earners on OnlyFans have like had their OnlyFans for free for a month, like or months. Like they've had like, they like they, their subscription prices are usually like the cheapest, but they're earning the most because they they make money in other ways. They make up for the subscription price that they're like technically like losing out on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a certain, like, um, in terms of, like, newcomers jumping on, um, yeah, definitely, like, a lot of, like, um, like the, I, I call them the locals, but it's basically, like, the locals is, like, your, like, local um, cis white girl, um, usually hetero, who, or, like, sometimes bisexual, <laughs> uh, who will hop on to, like, uh, like, uses their local Instagram following mm-hmm. to start an OnlyFans account. 
they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I like I'm charging twenty five dollars because like like you know like. The locals, the local boys will have mm. to pay a higher price to see me. Mm. Um, and there's a certain conversation about that. And um, someone uh, relevant who just relevant, I guess, um, the YouTube star Tana Mojo, who is a very also controversial um, person in terms of um, her lifestyle. Um <laughs> She's always been a person who's, uh, for like background for those who don't know her, a person who's talked about oh, very openly about sex um, on her platform, which was YouTube. And then she got famous because of her like really, really wild like sex stories. Um, and she really like did profit a lot off of kind of like, uh, like, like basically sex worker culture. Like she saw like her merch is thongs, you know, like it's like very like she was kind of like she's already in that space, but in a way that was very like in a privilege, like she is a celebrity. Um, like she got a better like seat at the Pornhub Awards than I did because like, which says a lot, uh, like, no beef, but <laughs> no beef, but she got definitely got better treatment at the Pornhub Awards than I did. Um, and I was nominated for, well, I mean, I guess she was nominated for an award too because she was nominated for best celebrity, but <laughs> like, like that says a lot, like as someone who's yeah. not in the industry, who's got like a lot of like clout based on um like sex work aesthetics and um whatnot so she she started an only fans um recently um which like there was a lot of conversation about before she started it because she kind of like had asked people um if it was like a good platform for her and the way she's using it right now because like i was subscribed just to see what was going on um she had mm-hmm. it set for free so anybody could sign up like for it and then um she was like, finally, a place where I can like show my tits or whatever. Um, and in a very like, and the, the way it was branded too was like this Tana Uncensored, like a very like, like, um, like the, the <laughs> I'm trying to find a like a word to describe the way it was branded, but it's like very like, like it's, it definitely separated itself from like sex work, um, while also mm-hmm. capitalizing on it. And mm-hmm. she's, she's someone who already has a lot of money. So her mm-hmm. starting an OnlyFans and I like knowing this, like she will make, she's already made so much money. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like in terms of back to like the pricing conversation we were having, like her, like you, so you can sign up for free. Um, and there's a couple like pictures that you would see on Instagram, but that are just also on OnlyFans. You'd see mm-hmm. those, but then you'd have to pay, you pay her first thing that she had was um, like a pay-per-view post that was $44 for a like a like I was like a 40 second video of just her tits j- jiggling but no not even no nipples so it was like people people like, <laughs> which like and people are being like she's scamming people uh but I'm like that's probably like what she, she's gonna do soft core like teasing things like that which like to majority of us are be like okay cool like that's like you know like like that's, that's not what I do uh but like you know um, so it's kind of like she's, and she's charging like, yeah, but like obviously like a bunch of money because she can. Um, and she's the thing, like the thing that bothers me is, uh, a lot of times when these people, um, especially like white cis women take up these, like these roles and spaces, they're already celebrities. They already have a, like a well-known name to them. They're verified on Instagram. They're not going to mm-hmm. ever have any like of the negative repercussions of most sex workers, or like most online sex workers, um, either. Um, but then they all, they get the, uh, they get the accreditation in terms of those are the people who are going to be 
the media is going to be turning to in terms of like sex work opinions but it's like mm-hmm. tana mojo isn't a sex worker just because she started an only fans account and like sh- like pay- like showed or pay um or <laughs> uh or uh, or charge 44 dollars for a titty shaking video you know um and i think that's kind of like like not to say that she's not a sex worker because i'm definitely not one to put to give people labels or to take them away from people but um yeah (laughs) it it feels to me every time i see like stuff like this it feels to me a lot like how i feel when usually white feminist women um come into the sex toy space and tell me that they have revolutionized it because they (laughs) went to one sex shop once and saw nothing that worked for them (laughs) and 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 they tell me that they have invented something totally new, and I'm like, no, I've tried 12 of those, and this yeah. one isn't even good. Um, <laughs> whereas, where, yeah, I think there are a lot of folks barging into this space who feel like they are experts in this space, and I think a lot of that probably has something to do with the way we just universalize and assume we're supposed to be experts in sexuality without Mm -hmm. studying them or looking into them. So, of course, you should be able to commodify your sexuality because you should already be an expert with no effort, if you're hot, especially. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And I I, I think that has definitely contributed to the flood of folks diving towards this. Because I also am noticing what you were speaking to earlier, where, like, I go to my sex work Twitter feed, and as I'm scrolling through it... I, it's, like, alternating between, like, pictures of someone's asshole and pictures of someone with, like, emojis over their nipples being, like, go to OnlyFans for the uncensored, and then someone, like, <laughs> sitting on the biggest cock I've ever seen, and I'm like, this is, I don't, and, and it's, like, a three-minute video. Like, I, like, the degrees of what people are sharing for what value yeah, is oh, all completely. over the place. Well, I kind of always feel like if... If men, and I do, I am using the word men intentionally here. If men are willing to pay for it. Yeah. The amount that you're charging. I kind of am like, cool. Like, as long as you're not actively lying about what you're selling, which is obviously scamming. But like, you know, I have dudes in my DMs sometimes saying that my, that I'm overpriced. And I'm like, well, other people have been willing to pay it and have been very happy with what I sent them. So like, this is seemingly a you problem. Um, and and I just like that's not so much my issue, but like the thing that bugs me about the kind of OnlyFans bandwagon y type people is that there seems to be a sentiment that you can just get on a website oh. like that and, and be successful right mm-hmm. away. Um, when like there are so many skill sets involved in online sex work that are like just go way beyond um, the the just like creation of the content. Um you know, or like acting on camera, like there's like the marketing mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, the lighting and the technical side. And um, I was wondering if you could speak to that, like some of the like more invisible skill sets involved in what you do. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm like, I'm every person in my company. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like so much in terms of, yeah, and content creating is one thing. Um, but that's not just like me taking a picture of my tits and calling it a day. It's kind of, um, looking at the trends of what, um, like what is selling well for me and what I should be creating more of. Mm -hmm. Um, then also like the like aspect of like, like 
like deciding like the idea and then conceptualizing the idea, um, fi- finding the outfits for it, getting props. Like that's, those are things as well. <laughs> like, um, mm. uh, and then like, you know, deciding if I'm going to have a set for it. Um, or like if I'm going to try like right now, like I'm considering doing like green screen stuff, which is why I have this all shit behind me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cause like I have, like I'm kind of expanding my skill sets in terms of technical, what I can do technically. Mm. Um, and then there's, like, the editing process, which is um, not just editing, like, putting together, like, your video and taking out, like, the bloopers or whatever, but then putting together putting together a trailer um, that's, like, 30 seconds long, um, which is usually, like, what sites, like, is their, like, trailer um, time length. Mm-hmm. And then there's uploading it um, to all your different sites, uh, coming up with a, making a thumbnail, writing a description, um, yeah, you know, like that, that's and that's just like the that's just putting out the content. <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, that's yeah. And then you have to market it. And then you it. also uh, be your marketing department. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have to be your marketing department. Um, and like a huge thing right now, um, is kind of like um, like share for share. It's called S for Us, um, which is basically like um, like people posting each other's like links. It's kind of like it's kind of like a it's a marketing technique. Um, I would say, mm-hmm. but it's like basically like people who swap. Like I would post like say like Bex's OnlyFans link on mm-hmm. my OnlyFans and Bex would post mine with a picture and then mm-hmm. it like expires after a day but it's so that like your your fans can be motivated to like find other people and that mm-hmm. you get more followers that's like a very huge tactic I'm not someone who's really turned on to that personally um because I know a lot of followers like a lot of people like are really spammy with it like posting like lots of people every day so it's like mm. if someone's logging on to your account they just see like a bunch of other people <laughs> like you know um mm-hmm. but that's like that's a marketing technique and like um it's like growing an instagram following growing a twitter following um like doing like other stuff like marketing like being on podcasts like this or like uh, like i write my own press releases um for like avn and xbiz um mm. like there's like so many different like little things that you have to like uh, like have your little hands in um, cu- customer management and custo- customer so many things to have your hands in customer how many, management how many things have one. you had to <laughs> so many my things. hands in all of my customers they are well managed Oh, yeah, a lot of what people underestimate is customer management, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's like, like, you're your own customer service team. So you have to like, you have to, like, there is people who will yell at you just like in person, if you're working at a target, like, you know, like, it's, <laughs> like you're gonna get like a variety of interactions with people um, all online, obviously. But like, you have to be the person who's like, yeah, being like, sorry, I can't return that item. Like, <laughs> it's just not possible. Ooh, um, you get you the came fun. all over it. Can't take it back. <laughs> I've had to have that conversation. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Fucking sex toy retail. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, but you do get the benefit, though, of getting be- to be able to put on the, but I am the manager hat, which <laughs> yeah, is always fun. Definitely nice. Yeah, I'm like, no, there's literally no other option. But then like some people, I don't know, there's some there's like the other downsides of that are like, people threaten to report you to like the site. They're like, Mm. I'm gonna, like, Mm. report you or this video and like, 
like there's like a ton of ways that like that those kind of like negative interactions can go wrong like luckily like a lot of people like um a lot of customers don't even think of that but there mm-hmm. is people out there who do so it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know you got to be careful with who's who you're talking to um always but yeah there's so there's so many processes and skills um which is kind of like when i see like yeah the bandwagoners and like especially the bandwagoners where celebrities jump on because to them of course it's easy because they already have a huge fan base who's going to spend no matter what amount of money on them just because they love them and they're standing them and they're like they've been a long time fan Mm -hmm. and for a lot of sex workers like they have to work from the ground up to like get that fan base and then funnel it into their paid channels Mm -hmm. um so yeah, it's kind of frustrating because like, of course, to like, to Tana, it's probably going to seem easy because she's what uploaded like five pictures to a website that she's, the pictures were taken by a professional photographer, upload to the website and charge $44, whatever. And then of course her fans are going to pay it. It's like, you don't have to push that. You don't really have to, like you, you sure you have to do like a swipe up like on Instagram um like or like but like it's like you're like it's a completely different mind field and then it's like of course to her it's gonna seem easy Mm -hmm. but let me ask you this though and this is gonna sound like i'm trying to be a devil's advocate asshole but like i I genuinely want to know i'm I'm open okay i really want to know your answer to this question because i'm curious like do you think that these people are bringing more um, legitimacy in the eyes of the public or normalization to the idea of doing sex work? And is there any way that that could be a positive thing? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's really difficult because oftentimes with, like, say, like, this Tana Mojo situation, she's not going to, like, she's not up on... Like I like I know she's not not been reading any type of like stuff of like what's happening in terms of sex work and politics. Yeah. Like mm. she's not doing that. Um like and I yeah. doubt that she's gonna like, you know, like be like fighting for sex worker rights and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um and like when she first announced her OnlyFans, one of the comments in her in, in her Instagram section was this like what this another verified account of this like um this guy who's a makeup artist being like wow sex worker activist queen and it's like what like you literally, <laughs> literally signed up on the site five minutes ago yeah brother <laughs> like, like has she what? heard like, of sesta foster <laughs> yeah like and so it's it's really frustrating because a lot of people just automatically yeah like they they're like oh here's like this thing and like like a lot of the people who are drawn to capitalizing on like like the OnlyFans clout are the people who are like not going to be advocating for anybody underneath them or yeah. any of the people that made the site popular in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure there's a couple people who will like dabble in it who are like are actually good people and like will use something with their voice. But I think the majority of it is just like you know Instagram model like fa- famous Instagram models who um, like are just like I'm going to make my money and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think to like that, that points to just the general importance of like, if you're joining any movement or joining any industry or anything, like, it's really good to be aware of the history and politics and issues involved in that movement or industry. Um, And you might learn a lot of interesting things. uh, And um, I think that it can make you a much greater force for good in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gwen, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a fun and interesting discussion. Could you please tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can buy your incredible porn? 
Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely do that. Um, so um, if you go to Gwenadora.com, that will give you like all the links to all the places that you can buy my stuff. But if you'd like to directly just go to the porn, um, you can go to <laughs> Gwenadora. I want my porn and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you just want to skip going to my website, um, you can go uh, to guanadora.manyvids.com um, or you can also search me on Pornhub and Model Hub. Those are my main clip sites. Um, I'm also on OnlyFans, which is vip.guanadora.com. Yeah, that's basically it. And um, my Twitter as well, which is like where my main place where I'm communicative with people is at Guanadora. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I will put those links in the show notes. Um, before we wrap up, we wanted to say again, in case you missed it, um shit's pretty wild out there we still stand in solidarity with black lives matter um i've been writing to my local political leaders i've been donating to bail funds and to justice funds for people murdered by police uh i've been trying to share um you know information put out there by black voices uh one thing i particularly wanted to highlight this week for y'all is that bex's partner ash who uh guested on our show once in a really interesting and wonderful episode about inclusive photography uh has created a bunch of really cool products that have black lives matter and other related slogans on them um and a lot of them are related to pride also it's Pride mm-hmm. Month. It's a great time to show off your pride as well as your support for this movement. Uh, I bought a Black Lives Matter shirt that is in the bisexual pride flag colors because uh, that made my heart sing. Um, and all the money is being donated to uh, relief and bail funds for the Black Lives Matter cause. And uh, I really think that y'all would like these products and I will put a link to them in the show notes for you. And pride is not a separate concept from this movement. Yeah. Um, if you are a white queer person, you have a stake in this fight. I mean, if you are a white person in general, silence is violence right now. You should be taking action. Um, however, if you are a white queer person, you owe many of the rights you have right now directly to the black and brown folks who have fought for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should be fighting for them. There are plenty of things that you can be doing. I'm in New York. I've been protesting, but I've also been throwing money at bail funds. I've been educating my white family members. I've been listening listening to and amplifying black voices. Find the things that you can do, the ways in which you can be helpful. Get out there and fucking vote. Um, And just, we gotta fucking do something. I don't know. Yep. Well said. Uh, I, again, this week, don't really feel like listing my shit. You know who we are. You know where to find me. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I do want to say thank you to Protodome, who did our theme song, and to Amy, who did our logo. Thank you once again to our wonderful guest, Gwenadora, and thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks. You know, last week I said stay the fuck home if you can, because that's what I've been saying lately. And then I realized when I was editing that, like, you might want to go out to protests and shit. So now I don't really know what to say. Um, I guess what I'll say is until next time, folks, uh, Black Lives Matter and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 